My name is Joe Crummy, and uh, again, a privilege to be able to speak with you today. And I'm going to be speaking from the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. Well, we all know the last 10 to 14 days has been a very difficult and emotional time with all the continued things with COVID-19 and all the ups and downs that have come with that. But also the ongoing anger and grief and shock and the heart cries of injustice with the murder of George Floyd and the systematic issues of racism internationally, nationally, locally, and in many different ways and manifestations in our own hearts. And I and we here at Christ Central Church want to be clear that racism is wrong, racism is evil, in whatever form it takes. And we affirm our love and support and respect for our black brothers and sisters in Christ, and indeed black lives matter. We love and appreciate you. Today's Bible reading actually addresses this topic regarding racism, along with other issues that we all face. And the question this week that's been going around is, how do we fight racism? How do we make someone not be racist? And we believe that racism is really an issue of the heart. And we could rephrase it in different ways. We could say something like this, how can you make someone become less selfish? How can you make someone more humble and considerate of others? And let's go very personal. It's not just how do we make someone out there less racist or more considerate of others. How do I become more caring and considerate of others? How do I become less selfish and less self-centered? Is it through more education? Is it through threats and penalties and fines? Is it through rewards for good behavior? And some of those things have their place. But this was Paul's big ask to the Christians in Philippi. So let's read together Philippians 2, verses 1 to 4. We read this from Paul. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. Oof. Selfish ambition or humility in valuing others. Vain conceit or looking to the interests of others. There's a yes in my heart for that, but there's also a big question of how do I do that? Because honestly, this is a very tough thing to live out on a consistent basis. And maybe it's just me, but I think it applies for all of us. We all battle being selfish. How do I live this out for me personally? But then how do I try to teach and model these things to others? Whether it by parents to children, teachers to students, coaches to athletes, professors to students, politicians to citizens, and as we've seen, citizens to politicians. We need help to fulfill this request from Paul. And Paul provides us with the help that we need. In verses 5 and 10, which we'll look at next week, and Mark Rushworth is going to be talking more about how we can have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. But for today, we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. 
And we're going to see from Paul that we need to receive from God first in order for us to, to then be able to give and to serve others. Because it's a heart issue and we need a changed heart. So how do we change from selfishness to humility, from conceit to valuing others? First, we need to receive from Jesus in order to be able to give. And in the book of Matthew, chapter 10, verse 8, Jesus said this to his followers, Freely you have received, now freely give. Jesus talked about in Matthew 15, verses 1 to 20, it's not what goes into someone, it's not the food that we eat that makes a person unclean, but the things that come out of our mouth come from our heart. And the heart is the core of who we are, what we value what we desire, what we will, our emotions are all wrapped into what the Bible talks about, our heart. And Jesus said that these are the things that make a person unclean. What comes out of our heart comes out of our mouth and our actions. For out of the heart, Jesus said, come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander, and so on. So we can see we need a clean heart. We need a new heart. And receiving new life from Jesus changes our lives. It changes our hearts. It changes then our attitudes and our values, our priorities, our words, and our deeds. Do you remember who Paul was writing to? Paul's readers were the church in Philippi. And we can read about the beginning of this church in the book of Acts chapter 16. It's a fascinating chapter to read. We see this, that in Philippi, one of the first believers in Jesus, is a religious, spiritual Jewish woman merchant named Lydia, who was very religious, but she still didn't know Jesus until Paul shared the message. We see this. We see a Greek slave girl who was demonized, that she was harassed by an actual real evil spirit. We see this. We see a tough, cruel, oppressive Roman jailer all encountered Jesus. Very different backgrounds, very different belief systems, very different cultures, very different family lineage, very different histories and upbringings and socioeconomic backgrounds, yet they all encountered Jesus through Paul and his friends. And their message about Jesus and their experience of Jesus changed them. We see this about the jailer. In chapter 16, verse 30 of the book of Acts, we read this. He says this, what, he says this to Paul, what must I do to be saved? How can I change my life? And Paul gives this answer, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. And then it says that Paul went on to explain more fully, just like I'm trying to do the word of God. All of these people experience what the Bible calls repentance. The Philippian jailer, he changed his mind and he changed his direction in which his life was going. And we read this about the Philippian jailer. After he believed in Jesus, it says he was baptized in water. And baptism in water follows believing and putting our trust and hope in Jesus Christ. And it's a symbol. It's acknowledging and identifying that we're united with Jesus Christ. We're identified. I'm with Jesus. And when we go under the water, it's like our old life connects with Jesus. And when Jesus died on the cross and after he had died for our forgiveness of sins and things we've explained before, Jesus was buried in a tomb. 
And when we go under the water, it's like our old life is buried. Our old heart is buried. And when we come up out of the water, it symbolizes our new life in Jesus. That his resurrection life, just as Jesus came out of the grave, came out of the tomb to live a life that pleases God, we too have his resurrection life in us. That we are united with Christ, both in his death and in his resurrection. That when we come up out of the water, we are symbolizing what we've experienced on the inside. A new life, a new heart, that we have a new leader in Jesus Christ, that we're part of a new family, the body of Christ, that we have new values, that we have a new way of living by the word of God. We have a new empowerment by the Holy Spirit. These are all the things we receive when we follow Jesus Christ. Just think about this for a moment. What else could make a change that one day a jailer who was just beaten up two men, he's imprisoned them and he's overseeing them within a few hours of experiencing Jesus. He almost committed suicide and yet he's changed. He calls upon the name of Jesus and we read this. He washes the wounds of those he's just beaten. He brings them into his house and has a meal with them. He feeds them. And the Bible records this. The jailer was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole family. What an amazing transformation. There was a before and there was an after. The jailer had received what the Bible calls salvation. And it was a free gift. His old self had died. He had been given new life and a new heart that led to new actions. That's the context for Paul writing chapter 2, verse 1. Because he starts with a therefore, and you got to understand what the therefore is there. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, that's what I've just explained. Any encouragement from being united with Christ. You've received these things. Then Paul says this, if you have received, if any comfort from Christ's love, if you've received comfort from the love of Jesus, because you've experienced that Jesus truly loves you, that he demonstrated that love on the cross. It wasn't just in words, it was in action and deed. He died on the cross in our place, that he paid the price for our wrongs, our sins, our guilt, and our shame. Justice was served on the cross. God poured out his wrath on Jesus, that just penalty. And Jesus took it in our place. That we're loved. That's the truth of God's word. Whether we feel it or not, that is the truth in which we stand. But God gives us emotions and feelings as well. And in the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 5, we read this. That the Father in heaven pours his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. It's a supernatural thing. And we can feel God's peace. We can know that we know that we know that we're loved, that we're accepted, that we're secure, that we have a new identity, that we're a son or a daughter of Jesus Christ. And we receive comfort from all these great truths and all of these great experiences that God gives us. We receive. Paul says, if any common sharing in the Spirit, we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive the third person of God into our lives, that we have fellowship, friendship with the Holy Spirit, that we're not alone, that we've received just the benefits of having a helper, 
a comforter, a counselor, the one who comes alongside and helps us. And the Bible says that we can listen to the Holy Spirit. He helps, gives us direction on what to do and what to say. We can keep in step with the Spirit, that we can enjoy and obey the Holy Spirit. And as Terry Virgo shared with us last week, we can go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. We go on receiving. Paul says, any tenderness and compassion. When we are with Jesus, Jesus rubs off on us. We receive. And we see in God's word that Jesus was fierce. Jesus was strong. Jesus was passionate about many things of doing his Father's will. Yet Jesus was tender, compassionate, caring, full of concern. And we, as Jesus rubs off on us, we're able to put ourselves in other people's shoes. Why does receiving from Jesus matter? Because receiving salvation, being saved from our old life, from an old heart to a new life to a new heart, changes us from the inside out. It's not just putting external things on. It's changing us. It's changing our heart, which changes our values and our desires and our motives and our focus. Paul can then say, make my joy complete. As you've received all of these incredible things, make my joy complete by being like-minded. Be like-minded. Have the mind of Christ, both in big things and small things. Have the mind of Christ in big things when it comes to issues like racism. Be like-minded. There is value in every person on planet Earth because every person, the Bible says, is made in the image of God. Therefore, we can treat every person with dignity and respect, even if we disagree with maybe some of their viewpoints or different things. And the Bible says this, we all need the same Savior. We have so much in common. We all call upon the same Savior, Jesus Christ. Paul also says this, you can be like-minded in just some of the not-so-major things. There's some negotiable things. So things like racism, it's closed fist, it's non-negotiable. We are against it. But there are some non-negotiable, open-handed, there's some negotiable things that are open-handed. And one of them we joke about with some people in our church all the time is this, how we dress when we meet together, when we'll eventually meet together. Some people come with the attitude of, I'm meeting with the King of Kings. I'm going to dress up. I'm meeting royalty. And we say yes and amen. And some people come and say, hey, I'm meeting with family and I want to be comfortable and approachable. And I'm just going to wear sort of my normal clothes. Yes and amen. Come either way. Those are negotiable things that we can be like-minded about. Paul says this, having the same love. We have the same source of love for all of us. It comes from our Father in heaven. We have the same source of power in that love. We have Christ's power. And Paul says elsewhere that Christ's love compels us to be able to share Jesus' love to those around us. We have the same Savior. We're adopted into the same family of God that we're reconciled to God through the same person, Jesus Christ, that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Therefore, we can have brotherly love with one another. And God's word is very clear that this family of God is made up of different races and cultures and backgrounds and nations and languages, people groups all coming together, one new person in Christ Jesus, worshiping God together. And it is a beautiful thing. Paul says, thirdly, being one in spirit and of one mind, we have the same Holy Spirit in each of us as believers. We're unified by the Holy Spirit. 
And the Holy Spirit helps us to fulfill the great commandment. We're to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourselves. The Holy Spirit helps us to fulfill what Jesus said, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. Here at Christ Central Church Fredericton, the Holy Spirit helps us in our mission to make Christ central in our lives, in his church, and in the world. Being one in spirit and one mind. No more racism. Black, white, indigenous, Asian, Hispanic. No more racism in any of these people groups. And we just say, Lord, help us to walk this out. Again, why does receiving from Christ matter? Because receiving from Christ helps us in our giving and in our doing. The key point is this. Receiving Christ's love and salvation leads to changes inside our heart and mind, which leads to action. Jesus changes us inside and empowers and infuels our daily giving and our daily doing in our personal life, in our church life, in our neighborhoods, and in the nations. We change from being selfish to being humble. And sometimes, obviously, that's a process, and all of us, God's working on us, but sometimes God can do things in an instant, as with the Philippian jailer. And Paul leads to application. He provides the background of, you have to receive, but now it's time to give. And in verse 3 and 4, we read this, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. And we need to take a look at that and say, how do I apply that in my own personal life? And I say, God, search my heart, know me and change me. Help me not to be so selfish, but to value others above myself. However, that is applicable to your spouse, to your parent, to your child, to your sibling, to your roommate, to your teammate, as a citizen, to your neighbors, employer, employee, practical action and attitudes. God, how do I live this out? In church life, regarding racism, we believe the gospel says that we are one new person in Christ. That's what unifies us. And God helps through a process to change our attitudes and actions to line up to his kingdom and his word. That we can pray as we've done this week, God change us, use us as instruments of change. Even regarding some of the things with COVID-19 and all of the different recommendations and guidelines that we need to follow. We're looking at meeting in person sometime over the next couple of weeks in groups of 50 or under 50, and we're looking at doing two services to start. It's an opportunity to serve one another and to put others above ourselves. So we might have to look at taking turns. Some weeks we might come and other weeks we might say, you know what, I'm not gonna come this week, I'm gonna watch online so that others can go in person. We're gonna have to share the space and respect the guidelines that the government has given to us. And to know that if you meet in person, great, we wanna see you. But if you're not able to for different reasons and you can only be online, then we say this, you're valued. You're not a second-class church member. We're equal, online or in person. We're in this together. Things like masks are such a contentious issue. And we're looking at probably having to, in a good way, recommend people wear masks to prefer and honor one another. And of course, we're going to follow the guidelines from the government as they are defined. 
in communication, whether in person or online, how do we search our hearts and say, am I saying these things? Am I doing these things out of selfish ambition or vain conceit? With social media, do we just react? What's our motivation for our posts, for our words and our pictures? Are there selfish reasons? Lord, help me to value others, to look and care about others' interests. So in closing, I have two main to-dos this week. Number one, this week, how can you and I receive one of the many ways Jesus wants to encourage and to fill us with his love, with his Holy Spirit, with his tenderness and compassion? Maybe for some, it'll be repentance for the very first time. It's changing direction and following Jesus. It's changing our mind about selfishness and saying, I'm going to follow Jesus. And we can call upon the name of Jesus to be saved and we can receive a new heart. And please let us know if you've called upon the name of Jesus, you want to talk more, please contact us through our website and Facebook, email, text, and we will follow up with you. For many, it's receiving God's word this week. It's receiving God's word changes us and it helps to fill us. Some of us is going to be praying this week and we're going to receive more of the mind of Christ. Some of us are going to be asking the Holy Spirit to come and lead us and to fill us again. All of these different ways of receiving help us then to be able to do action item number two. This week, how can you and I do one thing? Please hear me. You can do a lot more, but one thing to demonstrate valuing others better than yourself for looking out at the interest of others what is one action? Maybe it's just listening to a friend. Maybe it's giving some money to help others. Maybe it's serving in some way. In our church, we sent an email this week just talking about how we're going to need some different servers and volunteers for our upcoming meetings when we meet together. There's a whole list of things. Maybe that's a way of you can serve others. Maybe it's praying for someone. Maybe it's writing an email or a text of encouragement and support. So your homework this week is, what is one way to receive from God this week? And what is one way to serve and to give this week? Remember, dealing with selfishness is a heart issue. True change comes by receiving Christ's love and salvation and forgiveness. Jesus changes us from the inside out. Jesus gives us a new life and a new heart and a new spirit. And that affects our words and our deeds. We can remain selfish and we can fuel the chaos and the hurt and the cruelty and the division in this world or by the love and transformation of Jesus Christ in our lives. We can receive a new heart, a new life that leads to love, healing, forgiveness, and justice. And God can use us humbly to bring life and love and healing and justice and forgiveness to ourselves and to those around us. In closing, go on receiving from Jesus Christ so that you can go on giving the love of Christ to those around us, individually and as a church together. In closing, I just want to read Philippians 2, 1-4 from the message, which is a paraphrase of the Bible, and I'll close with this. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. 
Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Lord Jesus, we call upon you to save us, to change us, to use us to bring about your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.